You're listening to 1228, a new podcast exploring all the things that make us human. And I'm Christine, your host. In this episode, episode four, we'll hear from a dozen or so people on the dreaded topic of COVID-19. Some of these people I know, and some are complete strangers I met on the streets or at parks. There's a few cuss words scattered about, one F word and a handful of shits. But it's real. I mean, this is what people are saying. This is how they feel. Full disclosure, these interviews were recorded from March 28th through May 17th. I think the last time I was outdoors was um, just before they closed the parks. First at the uh, county level, then the state level, then of course the town level. This is Michael. We met on a trail in a New Jersey park. I think right now, as an engineer, this is probably more like eight feet apart. We were out a couple times. Amy, my friend from Portland. So yesterday, we stayed in all day. This is Giselle, a woman I met at a park in northern New Jersey. She was with her family. You'll hear her husband and brother speak to you. It's been about four weeks since we were out the, the day before they closed the parks. We're about six feet apart, maybe a little more? Yes, a little more. Okay. <laughs> about 10 feet. <laughs> okay. Here's three guys with their road bikes hanging on the sidewalk right outside of Sunset Park in Brooklyn, New York. Let's refer to them as Biker 1 and Biker 2. Biker 3 kept to himself, sitting on the sidewalk, rolling a joint. At the time of this interview, Biker 1 was a chef at a nursing home, but he's been laid off. Biker 2 is a cleaner and also works for a moving company. When was the last time you were out and about on these bikes at a park? Oh, we live on these bikes. Yeah, every day. So the virus isn't preventing you from riding at all? Not really, as long as we stay apart. Look how, look how we sit and stand. We're not in trouble. It's true, you guys yeah. are being good about it. And we ride with masks on. work. You know, we're essential workers. We yeah. ride the bikes to work. What, are, what do you do? Nursing home. I'm a chef. How you think about the coronavirus? You got the mask on, and I don't now. Well, um, I'm just following the guidelines. The mask, I think, social distancing, and really social distancing, meaning you really go to the middle of the street or you go away from a person if they come. Out of respect, uh, I do carry the mask. I have it on my neck. I will put it on if uh, there's no place to go, for sure. Uh, I will not put someone else at risk. I don't feel that there's... This is a friend of mine who'd like to stay anonymous. And we've been doing this all along. I'm washing the hands. The news and all this stuff from both sides, and certainly with the coronavirus, um, there's so much conflicting information. And a lot of it comes from medical sources. A lot of it comes from political and news reporters type sources. And a lot of the medical sources have their own political agenda, whether they know it or not. So, I mean, you know, at any point, all we can do is err on the side of caution and not panic and not go overboard. I'm looking around this park. I can't see a person. The parking lot is full, but it's a big park. I mean, it's a, it's is down in Texas. It's a huge park with woods. And, so I don't see anybody. So I'm, I'm comfortable not wearing a mask. There's no one in sight. But some people, you know, they might, uh, sneak up on me. Oh, person not wearing a mask, you know, and report me. And so, you know, so we have to apply some reason to our, our caution. 
but I'm still wiping off the groceries. I don't care who says you don't need to. That was Lundo. Here's Stephen Blush, author of American Hardcore. We've been thinking about this for a long time. There is like almost no way that our food supply is not tainted. It's almost impossible to believe that. So Just you, like they said, it, you didn't need a mask. How about food? Like, are you doing your own shopping or are you having it delivered? So I do, like a little bit of both. Like, I'm this is Frank. You might remember him from his Kung Fu dialogue in episode three. Delivered like maybe once a week or once every two weeks where you don't have to think about like making anything and, you know, cleanups really easy. Um, and in my head, I'm like, well, you know, should I trust this food? And then I just sort of shut it off. Like, all right, it was really hot when they made it. And I'm sure they're like not touching it. Right. And it goes into this container. But then it's like, who touched the container? And did the container go into a bag? And so there is a little awkward dance in receiving the delivery and even like sign, taking the pen from the fella and signing the receipt and the credit. So there's that. And then the moment I feel like I'm thinking too much about whether or not a, an errant virus like got on me somewhere, I just slam the door shut. And I guess on Saturday, you know, we've been calling food delivery services and we forgot one thing. So I summoned up my bravery and I went to the store for the first time in a month. And it wasn't very crowded. I wore a mask and I not only got the thing I went for, but oh, I walked up and down the aisles. I saw stuff that wasn't on the list and I grabbed it and put it in the basket and said, <laughs> wow. This is a pleasure, you know. I, I'm looking forward to getting back to this. So there's that. We're, we're learning to appreciate some of the little pleasures we took for granted and didn't even know were pleasures uh, before, you know. Do you wash them down? Uh, well, here's the thing. It's right back to that OCD thing. Like, if I were to take each item out of a grocery bag and then, like, wipe it down, let's say, right? Like, how much, how much rubbing alcohol would that take? And would I get every corner? You know, um, if it's food that will sit on a shelf or in a cupboard for several days, then I don't worry too much about it because the virus won't survive on it that long. Um, but I'm just really into the hand washing, you know? Hand washing before, hand washing after, hand washing before, hand washing after. And we've had to do all these things. We had to wait outside the co-op because only 10 people could be in the store, but the Asian market, you're in, you're out. Everybody's got a mascot. Nobody gives a shit. You know, because it's going to be like two years of wearing masks, maybe forever. I, I, you may never shake a hand again. You may never kiss people hello again. You know, I've been to Japan three or four times and uh, um, I get why they bow. Right. You know, right. Yeah, they don't touch anybody. You know, it's they're germaphobes, but now I get it because I never had a pandemic before. System up. Yeah. That's the main thing. Your yeah. system up, keep yourself eating healthy, staying away from people, clean your hands. Yep. What do you think about you can't go into a store without a mask on? I think that's good prevention. I think it makes sense to do that. What about gloves? Well, gloves are made from latex, which is just another plastic product, and I don't think we should be flooding 
the environment with more plastics. And same thing with masks. I think you should be using reusable masks. This is my son, Aaron. And that we're more worried about our extinction instead of the planet's extinction, which I think we have our priorities in order right now, but I do see somewhat of, of an impact with masks and gloves afterwards. Gloves, no gloves. I mean, I honestly can't tell whether it's worse to have the gloves or not have the gloves. And then when you take the gloves off, where do you put the gloves? No. Not on the street. Not put them in the, the trash. Street, no. It's true, but you have to take the gloves off in a certain way, and then the glove stuff is on your hands anyway, so you might as well just skip the glove, right? Yes, or wear the gloves for one task. When you finish that one task, take the gloves off properly, wash your hands after you dispose of the, the gloves, and then the next task, you put on a new pair of gloves, and you just do the same thing on repeat, kind of like shampooing your hair, conditioning. If you read the directions, you know, repeat if necessary. <laughs> you mean those little, the little words written on the back of the bottle, those directions? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. I just can't help envisioning all the gloves. Where are they going? They're going into the landfill. They're going to wash up on the shore, you know, and then there'll be like this, you know, it won't be like surgical supplies and syringes. It'll just be all kinds of nasty COVID-19 gloves floating around in the surf, you know? And I just figure I'll go bareback, old school, soap and water, two Hail Marys or happy birthdays, whatever the deal is. Um, and just don't touch my damn face or really anything else for that matter. When I go into the supermarket, you know, I wear gloves. Now, actually, they told us not to wear gloves. Now they have hand sanitizer when you walk into my supermarket. I, I sanitize my hands, and I do it afterwards also. And I come into the house, I wash my hands like I do all the time. Um, I've been okay so far. We haven't been sick. So I don't know. I don't know. I won't tell anyone else what to do, but... My husband and I are taking responsibility for ourselves, and we both agreed that if, if we're doing something that's going to harm us, it's going to harm us anyway, and we'd rather have clarity than to live with fear, and, and I'd love to tell that to people, but people have their own mindset. I, I talk to friends, and I know people who have not left their house since all this started. And I'm just wondering, you know, <laughs> you should interview them. I want to know how they're staying sane because it's difficult. Very hard. I take care of myself in that book. Yeah. I know it's a lot of... Oh, yeah, we got that big bottle of hand sanitizer we ride around with, too. Yeah. So, and I feel like somebody like me would have definitely caught it if it's so airborne like they say. And traveling, I've been to Chicago on the truck, so... Or maybe you're just really good at hygiene. Maybe. That's a maybe possibility. Maybe. There are people who don't show any symptoms, you know right? What sucks really what's going on? What? It's hard to find a haircut. Yeah. I hear that a lot actually. That's about it, I can say. Otherwise that's a blessing to wake up every morning. Yeah, liquor stores are open, grocery stores, but you can't get your hair cut. I think it's a subconscious thing, saying no to some things, but not all things. It will make people want to comply, or will be more willing to comply, if they're not saying, no, you can't do anything. It's just you can't do this, this, or this, or that. What have you been doing to distract yourself? Well, at home, 
Uh, I recently started a new business. So I'm starting to work from home. So that's something I've been doing. What's the business? Can I ask? So it's for hair. Okay. It's um, a brand called Monet. Um, with my daughter, it's been hard to do different activities because they're so strict with their remote learning. Right. But things like baking, painting, and definitely video games were added this time. Well, who doesn't yeah. love a good video game? Yes. What have you been doing? Oh, well, I've been doing music because I'm a producer. So I've just been ma making music and just playing video games and just, you know, being family oriented through all this right now. Everybody together more, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That was Giselle's husband. Here's her brother. Well, I've been um, learning actually to produce from him. I've been seeing him do his music. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I've never, I always said I wanted to do it, but never had the opportunity or the time. Uh, spending more time with my niece, which since I'm from Queens and they live in Jersey, it's not as often that I get to spend that much time with her. So kind of catching back there and, you know, helping her with homework, playing with her, trying to keep her spirits up through all this you know and just reading a lot and talking with people about about the situation and about what we can do you know to remedy it family especially like i've been talking to my family about what's going on what they should be doing things like that for sure i was the first one who kind of put two and two together with the numbers and realized it was going to be really big and then just rally my family to stay home and stock up um and yeah, just being with family. Yeah. <laughs> it's about right now, family and, and eating a lot. I've got enough projects here to do to keep me busy into next year. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the whole thing. I mean, shit, I get to stay home and make stuff. And, you know, where I, I hung a shelf, a new tea shelf in the kitchen. Like, I mean, I'm having a fine time. <laughs> We're going out tonight to a drive-in to see Star Wars. 11.15 show, and I'll put the top down so the kids can sit on top of the back seat there. And, uh, um, yeah, so we're actually going out to the movies tonight. Well, yeah, whether or not the movie theaters are open, we all agree. No, we're not going into a movie theater for quite some time. I don't care if we sit two seats apart. Um, you know, the person behind you sneezes, and it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. The Mangled uh, Episode Four, the original Star Wars um it's Lucas botched it, you know? Yeah, Han Solo shot Greedo. He shot first. He blew that guy away. And then they re-edited it to make Han Solo a nicer guy. Greedo shoots first. And generally, fans just howl when that happens. So uh, we're probably going to see a modified version. We have the original uh, on disc. But uh, even so, it'll be good to see it on the... I guess the kids have never seen it on the big screen. When I used to get my board for the weekend back in the 70s, you know, what do you want to do this weekend? Let's go see Star Wars again. <laughs> I think I saw him. I brought him to see it eight times back then. Um, so we're going to see it again tonight. Up until some years ago, I used to actually create little, like, kind of mashup audio video doodles, you know, like still images and stuff with either sound or music and things. And I always had this thought that I would um, possibly make, like, you know, take as many NPR announcement blurbs as I can find and mash them all up in like a cacophony of NPR speak, you know, because they actually like edit all those little speeches and they take out all the little dead spaces between the words so that they can fit a lot of information in a short period of time. But at the same time, the speaker has to sound really relaxed. 
you know? So I thought something like that would be interesting. And then there's like a companion derivative piece of that, which is to find as many pharmaceutical commercials as I can and then scrape or snag all of the disclaimers about all the horrible things, including death and dismemberment and thrombosis and loss of sight and heart attack and like get all of that talk, which is always really fast and kind of crammed in at the end. The really counterintuitive stuff, like this antidepressant might cause depression or this sleep prevention aid might cause drowsiness, you know, and give it like a clever name. That's like another thing I'm thinking, like maybe that will make me feel useful. I have a lot of hobbies at home, but uh, after a while, you, you do get the cabin fever. I, I do a lot of uh, model stuff, trains, airplanes, and things like that. That's super cool. Um, and watching webinars on, on the computer. I do photography, I do a lot of stuff, so. But it's not, be, it's not the same as being outside. It's, it's, it's horrible, I think, to be inside cooped up like that. Do you work remotely from home, or are you laid off? No, I work remotely. Uh, it, right now I'm just doing part-time work. I'm okay. kind of preparing myself for retirement. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. So this is sort of the, the, uh, the big the ease into right. that. Although, although hopefully the world will be better when I fully do that. I live on my bike. I love my bike. Where do you, bike. where do you take it to really get? Everywhere. They say oh, catch yeah. me if you can, like the gingerbread man. <laughs> Notice that you have a remote-controlled Jeep. Yes, uh, that's one of my many hobbies. I tend to. I'm looking for rocks. This is a rock crawler, so I'm trying to walk around the lake here. I mean, I've been here many times, but never around this lake. So I just drive it around like people walk their dogs. I walk my truck. That's perfect. I don't have to pick up after it. Hopefully, people will be smart enough to uh, not cause the governor to shut this place, these places down again. If you're in like New York City, and oh, the parks are open, so you go to a park. And you're surrounded by people, uh, and then they're all like three feet from you. It's your responsibility to get the hell out of there. And if you don't, well, there you go. Uh, we'll see. If you could, if you could say one thing to the whole entire world at the same time, what would it be? Fuck Trump. <laughs> Being honest, what do you want me to say? Because he's the one. What? Doing what? Running his mouth? He gave us some money. Yeah. Couple of dollars that we made already. That haven't. Ha how many people live off of welfare? They live off us, bro. That's our tax money. I make too much money to get taxed back. What about That's you? That's the only thing. Otherwise, well, overall, life is great. Sun's out. Enjoy it. Sunday fun day. I think the left and their minions are largely responsible for the panic and the problem. Meet Robert Luther, two sixty-seven, king of the New York poppers. So I hear. And I think this is just viewed as an opportunity to get rid of Trump. And I resent that. I feel that that is doomed to failure, as has been all previous attempts at that. Definitely uh, organized to change things about society that are really wrong right now. The way this crisis isn't just a crisis. It's just really shown how society in the United States works and who gets left behind. And so what I would tell people is really pay attention to what's happening and and fight to make a change. That's what I would tell people. Basically, yeah, just have faith and just, you know, stay home, be safe, follow the rules. And, you know, hopefully we'll get through this. I don't know, that's a hard one. 
just off the top, I would say like to the people, if this is not like a little wake up call, that the government, they there, but they, I feel like they ain't really got your back, you know, this is, they just there. And if they really had us, it wouldn't be no, oh, this, this has to get approved. The, like, you know, to, for them to send money, it has to go through so much process. It should be a one, two, three thing, because they know this is life or death. It's amazing they got all that money out to people when they did. Um, because the, the government bureaucracy is not a very flexible thing. And it, it just the fact that they were able to do that is amazing. And they put this whole thing together. So I feel like the people need to wake up. Okay. And when you say they, you, when you say this, you mean, do you mean the coronavirus? You think the government put it together? Or is that not what you meant? Possibly. But I would say the government put a lot of shit together. And this could be one of the many maybe they're taking advantage of the, the coronavirus the same possibly virus you know they owe 80s. a lot of people money uh -huh. the same I, I virus in the 80s same thing with different names it's a lot of conspiracies so you know it's like i'm not saying that's not a coronavirus but it does feel like a red herring it feels like we're all being told to look this way while something else is happening in the other direction where where do you think the virus came from uh china says u.s military Meet Stephen, Amy's house guest. He came for a visit, and then COVID-19 showed up. Yeah, I saw some government tweets in China. There were government people were saying that. What's your first instinct, like where this virus came from? Do you think, think it, it was made? I don't, I think there are a lot of the different, there are a lot of different strains of coronavirus. So it's very possible that there are different types of the virus in a lab somewhere. Of course, I... I don't know all too much about that, though. Well, Ashford's original, Ashford's origins, I can only speculate. Um, something went wrong uh, somewhere. Uh, it seems to have been centered in China. Either it was a result of a, the, the rise or evolution of a new type of virus, that's very bad news, or there was biological warfare experimentation that got out into the public or something to that effect. In either case, the proper measures were not taken adequately when this first appeared, and so it spread. China's a very international place. Chinese people travel all over the world. It seems they brought it with them, travel, as well as travelers to China. Um, the place that arose from Wuhan does not I don't believe it's like an international travel hub. So it's not like a lot of Westerners went there, like for vacations and stuff, and as you would, you know, like, for example, Shanghai or, or Macau or Hong Kong or something. So once the virus spread, I am sad to say that I think there were political elements that capitalized on the crisis for various reasons. And um, I think we're seeing that now. I think that no matter where it came from, it's being appropriated for political gain. And me and the people I know and the vast majority of people I speak to about this are sick of it. And I'm just hoping that sooner or later the American people wake up to see what it is that's on the horizon for them. So... If this isn't a stark illustration of that, I don't know what is. You know, there's a lot of misinformation. You know, I don't want to get into what China did, you know, 
um, just like lying and lying about the nature of this. So, and then the WHO, like, you know, basically parroting them and, you know, that caused the pandemic. I'm starting to get so antsy. So I don't know how you feel. I feel so, something in my gut says like, this is not life and I don't want it this way. Don't they? Don't they feel the same thing? And think, how, how long can you be inside on a day like this? I think everybody's really confused by it a little bit, you know? Not knowing and having these questions and really too many changes every day. One, one person says this, one person says that. A lot of these things are out of my control, right? It's not like I'm going to be able to pout and then the answer is going to... Right just appear magically in my lap because I'm upset because I don't know what the answer is. It's it's not like I'm just going to know because I want to know about it or even if I look it up, like it's very possible. How do I know that they know? I mean, this is a, an unpopular opinion, but I think we should segregate everybody who is particularly vulnerable to it. Uh, I think that the rest of the population should be exposed to it. And I think the faster that a herd immunity is developed, the better. Because otherwise we're going to be going through all this over and over again every season. And, um, you know, the idea of keeping people germ-free has hurt our immune system. Can I break in for a second? Please do. You know, eventually we're going we're gonna to have a cure or a vaccination, right? That's not going to be doing it over again if we do have a way to vaccinate, one. And two, once we get that, this whole crisis and the, the, the weight it seems to be having on the healthcare system, we will be better prepared for it because we're, we're sort of running around now dotting our T's or dotting our I's and crossing our T's. Um, with ventilators and knowing that we need to have, you know, a lot of supplies like masks and gloves for healthcare workers, right? Um, yes. So wouldn't it be also true that, you know, we get through this and then the next time something like this happens, we'll be better prepared and we won't go through this again over and over? Well, there were a couple of points you raised. And yes, it is true that if we get through this, we will be better prepared. We should have been better prepared. These are things that should have happened at the state level, generally speaking. Um, there was something you said there earlier um, in that vaccines and, and uh, cures and everything. I'm not confident in those. We always have flu vaccines and cures for the flu. They don't seem to be work. They, have a, they don't work in all cases. They certainly don't work on everybody. And I'm not sure I would want to get a vaccine uh, for this, for some new and untested vaccine. I don't trust that. So we'll cure this, and then something else will come uh, in a couple of years. Because it seems that China always is cranking out, like, these dire diseases that spread around the world. And, you know, this is one of the problems of... So you have to remember something. Um that underlies this. Nothing is more expensive than cheap labor. And humanity has been, had that lesson drummed into them over and over in history and they don't seem to learn. And cheap labor is, nothing is more expensive than that. So this is the, the, the looking to where you can get stuff made as cheaply as possible. And eventually you wind up in a place where there are no safeguards for public health or inadequate. 
and not everyone. I think herd immunity is the only protection, just like it is the only protection against other flu viruses. I don't even consider this a flu virus. I'm not a, you know, an epidemiologist, so I'm not an expert on this. I'm just speaking from the information I gather and from my instincts. But I'm not confident that a cure is around the corner. I think only people getting sick and recovering is the only answer to this. Well, I'm not a virologist. I don't know. I don't know what the best solution is. Like, I don't have the answer if sheltering in place is better than just exposing ourselves or if exposing ourselves is better than sheltering in place. I have no idea. I sh I'm sure it's like half a dozen of one and six of the other. It's good for some people, bad for others, probably, you know. Do you think that we should lift all the shelter-in-place orders um, and let people go back to work so that they can pay their bills and feed their families? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just really complicated. Well, I heard November, like, things might start to look a little different. Yes, I think September, October, November is a time where you could pretty much congregate and wear masks and gloves all the time. Right. I think uh, nothing happens until there's a vaccine. There is undoubtedly a political divide these days. There always has been, but it's, it's so much more stark this time. And, and, and people on the two sides, I think, are acknowledging any validity to the other side's points less than ever. It's much more strident, as everybody knows. But I've kind of always wanted to, to, to balance my input. I mean, just a memory. I mean, I can <laughs> hardly picture myself all those years ago, but it was back in the back in the 60s. You know, I was going to the Vietnam protests and I was uh, on my way to being a, a pretty healthy, uh, young, quote, liberal young person, you know. And um, I think I subscribed to the New Republic and you know, your basic left-wing magazines and all. And I remember at the time I made a conscious choice that, uh, you know, that was totally before the net. You would just subscribe to magazines and all. And I intentionally, I subscribed to U.S. News and World Report, which was a pretty conservative thing. And I, I just, you know, I made myself read it because I wanted to hear what everybody was saying. And in the 80s, just when the, it was before Internet, you'd had phone numbers, you'd call and you'd, You'd subscribe to news groups, and I got all sorts of alternative news sources. And so for a while there, I was in that left-wing echo chamber. It's, you know, I have to admit, I've been on both sides. And, um, um, you know, archiving speeches by Fidel Castro and believing all of that stuff. Um, and then I came out of it. Uh, I lived with my son, who was, well, one of the few people I know who's smarter than me. And we talked a lot about stuff, and he just helped me re-examine some of my points of view. And since then, I've I've tried to take both sides in. I mean, one of the one of the things that makes it easier is that we're so swamped these days with the left-wing press; it's hard to avoid them. And so, I mean, I don't read the whole New York Times, but inevitably, I wind up reading New York Times articles online. I read what they say. And I read more what they call right-wing sources, but conservative news sources. And so I read both. I don't think a lot of people who 
who totally subscribe to the left-wing worldview take the time to really read alternative news sources. You know, they see a, a link that comes from Fox News or, or one of the others, and it's just, oh, Fox News, I won't look at it. It's, you know, but you can't avoid the left-wing press because it's so overwhelming. It's there. And, and a lot of what the, what the conservative press does is they quote articles from the left-wing press. And so you read those things. And I can make my own choice as to which sounds more reasonable. And occasionally, you know, occasionally the, 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 the conservative press goes overboard and they exaggerate. And I can see when they do and okay. That doesn't mean I reject them. I reject the news source. A lot of the, the slanting of the current press is simply what they leave out. They will simply not mention something. What it's going to be like if you're going to hear Mara's the world official news is going to be kind of the news, you know, so there's the bank, the grocery store, with all the corporate takeovers. It'll be a completely different world. What do you think about all the political stuff going on, like all the noise, the news, and, you know, everyone sort of, it's either you're on one side or the other. What do you think about that? Well, I think a lot of it is just noise to, to fill in space. I've noticed that there's a lot of nothing going on and there's a lot more talking than action as well from my perspective at least I, I try to keep up to date with like going on YouTube and seeing like little clips here and there that like the New York Times or NBC or CNN post do you ever like look at more conservative stuff uh, n not really my feed doesn't really pop up with a lot of conservative things I think I do have a somewhat conservative view, though. I think I have a pretty balanced view. Why do you think your feed doesn't pop up with conservative stuff? Do you think that's, like, your search engine, like, controlling what you see? Or do you think it's because I mean, yeah, you, go to, you go to all your favorites? It's a balance of both worlds. It's not, like... It's definitely not a shocker to me that my search engine knows what I tend to follow or what I prefer. Right. Or even trying to find new suggestions for me. I can't believe how political it's getting. And I don't want to turn off my news anymore. I don't want to hear about the left. I don't want to hear about the right. I don't want to hear about uh, Trump. I don't want to hear about Obama. I don't want to hear about Corona. I promise you this morning I didn't do any news, and I feel good. I think personally, um, judging from what I learned from Naomi Klein's book, Shock Doctor and Disaster Capitalism, I think it's a corporate takeover of countries. Because if you look at trade laws, they give uh, companies rights over countries. So maybe it's like uh, the top multinationals being, you know, Russia, America, and China are, are in cahoots, and it's a coup. It's like a some weird monetary natural resource coup. That's my inclination. I don't know. That's my feeling. Just judging from the pattern of, of corporate takeover, you know. But look at the Vanity Fair article where they they were saying the Trump family is trying to patent the uh, the test kit, right? Right. Why wasn't available? Like, okay, so what do you believe? You know, can't even like can you even believe mainstream news? You know, it's depressing. And I really now don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody, so I don't want to hear anything. I don't want my head filled with garbage. I think that the more you get engulfed in all, all 
stuff, it's going to get to you. It's going to, you know, you get angry. And you don't know why you're angry. And yesterday I was so angry, I said, no more. Because I myself was internalizing a lot of my anger. Who am I angry at? It's just, I'm angry at the situation, but I'm not going to be letting, I'm not letting it bring me down. That's it, finished. You guys ever play Monopoly? Yeah. You know how every time you go past Bill, you collect 200 bucks? Yeah. What do you think of the idea that if everyone just got a little cash money, universal basic income, just a little bit every month, uh, like Andrew Yang and those guys are thinking, where when the shit hits the fan, at least you still got like some food on the table. And then you go out and you make whatever you can on top of that. Like, it's cheaper than, than what they're doing now. No? Now, uh, like a safety net. It could also be something to um, start uh, universal income because so many jobs are being replaced by AI. I mean, I've been reading about that for like three years now, how anyone who like underwriters, loan underwriters, um, drivers, all these professions are being replaced by software. So... Maybe this is a way to kickstart that and have it not be such a big deal to suddenly have universal income. They're only going to hand out that money only if you have bank accounts. If you don't have a bank account now, now we're in the neighborhood of a city of mine of nothing but Mexicans who come across the border who can't get bank accounts, who can't get social security right. cards, who can't get none of that. So they're asked out. So there's that whole dimension. But right? those are the ones who put in the most work in. Yeah. They're building houses, buildings. For what if they fixed... Comprehensive immigration reform got that straight now. Then it would make sense, right? Because if this shit happens, then everybody still got a little check coming. But in. you don't, you don't think that they're killing all the olds for the new old to sit? So oh, that's what I'm thinking. What's going on? I think if this is some kind of way for the government to try to oppress people, I think it'll end up backfiring because if people have a chance to not work three jobs and get some rest and sit down and think for for a little bit. I think um, people will find they, they don't have any investment in this, this false system. But even with the checks, though, then what about what we're going to spend the money on? Everything is closed. Yeah, if right. everybody well, gets the a, check. This is like one kind of thing bad that could happen. There are like other kinds of bad things that yeah, might happen. But like everyone uh, who's working all the these different jobs to get some food on the table, I mean, you know, all bets are off it's when this shit gets the food. If yeah. it keeps going this way, yeah. Yeah. people are going to rob we're gonna you, rob you for your money. And to do what? We're we're the money for your food. The money's no good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for the food. We're gonna come for your food. There's not that much really product, and then now they're trying to hit us in the head. Something for three dollars, seven, eight dollars now. Now we gotta report stores. How come we can't be together and help each other out? How do you feel about the stimulus check that everyone's getting, or a lot of people have gotten, or maybe even a lot of people haven't gotten yet? Um, you got yours, right? I did get mine. Oh, that way. Uh, I think it's great. I, I, I liked seeing that twelve hundred pop into my bank account, but I don't think that's. Still, there's people that haven't seen that stimulus check yet, and that's really too bad because there are a lot of people that could be using that. Being able to like go to the grocery store once a month and only buying like fifty dollars worth of food. They live in a state where businesses are opening back up and they're being called back to work, but they're terrified. And if they don't go back to work, they lose their unemployment, right? If yep. they do go back to work and they get sick, what does that really mean? You know, who's responsible for that? You know, it must be very complex, but um, 
ideally, there ought to be some measures put in place where if you don't go back to work because you're afraid to go back to work, you should continue getting unemployment. Now, of course, you know, in some cases, the unemployment is either near what they're making or or close to it. And people might abuse that. Oh, I'm scared to go back to work, you know, a year from now. Obviously, there have to be limits. But, yeah, that's a tricky point. If you're like if your your meat processing plant is is pressured to open and you don't feel comfortable going back there. Yeah, those people should not be made to suffer economic loss. They shouldn't lose their unemployment. Um, yeah, in the details here, there have to be the ways of, of, of dealing with people and allowing them the right to choose not to go to work. But at the same time, you have to protect the employers against being sued. I went to work. I got sick, so it's my employer's fault. You know, We don't know you didn't catch it in the grocery store. They're all very complex questions when it comes down to the, the opening up is not just a simple thing. Okay, the virus is over. No way. It has to be gradual and has to be done carefully. I predict like a huge wave of like very difficult labor law issues. Like, okay, everyone come back to work now, but maybe in that locality or any locality or hundreds or thousands of localities, maybe like there's just not enough comfort about that yet. Like who's to say it's safe, you know, like who are you to force me to potentially put myself at risk, you know, and will there be lawsuits like, well, we're going to have to fire you if you don't return to work. But on the other hand, what if someone does return to work and then they get sick and God forbid, worse, you know, like I see a lot of pot potential for litigiousness around all of this, you know, mm -hmm. and I guess it's true that it won't be really a new normal. I mean, it, uh, no, it won't go back to normal. Like we're never going back to normal. You know, well, we no longer shake hands. Maybe we won't reuse coffee cups. Maybe when we're in meetings, we won't get too close. Like, I feel like this is going to kind of linger around a little bit, you know? And then there's this thought about waves, you know, a fall wave, a 21, uh, 2021 type of wave. Like, it's a little creepy. So I'm resting it, not knowing, you know. We just gave up our rights to assemble, like, overnight. So if this continues to go on and if people are, like, um, not helped by the government, like, you know, and everyone starts losing their homes and their cars and whatever... Um, I think we'll see, like, fighting in the streets. I think we'll see guerrilla fighting and things like that. It's it's kind of a rough call here. I um, I don't know if you followed today, but people in Michigan, like, surrounded the where the governor is. Basically, the whole place was encircled by cars, like people who say, like, my county has zero cases. I want to go back to work, you know? And then again, I know people who laughed at it who are now dead. So, um, you know, I just, you know, some of them you don't know, you know, they don't say it's Corona, but like, well, they had some other underlying thing. And who even knows that half these cases are actually Corona? I mean, I think it's horrific and I'm not trying to downplay it in any way, but definitely yeah. two sides to this. They were not threatening to shoot any legislatures who didn't do their thing who didn't uh, comply with their... When I recorded this interview on May 4th, a few weeks after the first protest in Michigan, the one Stephen uh, Blush protests. mentioned, things had uh, definitely escalated. In a state where you're allowed, they weren't breaking any laws. 
I mean, the law is, I'm sure that governor of Michigan would, would like to just erase that law from, from the books, but, um, I mean, or actually get more laws on the books there, but Michigan is a state where carry is allowed, even on the state house grounds. And, you know, the original intent of the Second Amendment, it was placed there. I mean, first of all, the whole Bill of Rights was added on. These are amendments because they had a constitution that described how the government worked. And many of the states said, whoa, no way. What about the people? So they made these this Bill of Rights uh, in order to ensure that the government did not exceed its proper power. And the Second Amendment was not in there to allow you to go hunting. Nobody thought that from, of course, you could go hunting. But they ensured that people had a right to be armed in case the government got too tyrannical. So that was the intent and the purpose of putting it in there. These people, it was right in their fresh memory where they had risen up against the British government and beat them. And, And so that's the purpose of it there. So I think going out in a state where you're allowed to be armed and showing the legislatures we're armed and, and reminding them that the Second Amendment is the one amendment that guarantees the other nine amendments. Um, yeah, I think it was appropriate. Michigan is about one of the more extreme states. That governor is really is a tyrant, and she has made some outlandish restrictions and extending them way beyond. I mean, the restrictions were supposed to be to flatten the curve, to make sure our hospitals don't get overwhelmed. They weren't intended to make sure nobody gets the virus. It was all about flattening the curve. Well, we've flattened the curve. We're past the hump on the curve. And they're extending shutdowns even further. There's something else going on. It's certainly uh, it's not science-based. And there are some counties in, in Michigan and other states where the local sheriff has simply openly declared, I will not enforce these rules, you know. And they refuse to to enforce the restrictions. And yet there are other cops who are happy to have another. I mean, you see people getting tased in the park. Somebody's in the park, so they, they, you know, the cops go over and grab them, put them down on the ground, and just as though they were a drug dealer or something. I mean, things have gotten in selective points. Uh, It has led some outrageous activity on the part of of the enforcement community, you know. And, um, you know, again, yeah, fortunately nobody... It didn't come to firing shots at the Michigan State House there. People are talking to each other, social distancing, but they're sharing information. There's only safety, you know, in lies and telling, feeding people fear or whatever. They'll swallow it. But once people can compare notes and the way they feel, there's a danger for the government or whoever's, you know, driving some of this. There's a danger once the people know, you know, and they share information. There is uh, power in numbers, and I'm not saying rebellion, but I'll tell you the truth. I said to my husband, I said, I don't know. I don't know. There could be a revolution in this country because there's clear lines drawn, and I think people are going to get tired of it. You know, they really should just open up and let adults make their choices. Like some beaches, they'll let you go on to go fishing, but you can't lay out or you can go surfing but you can't swim or you can go for a walk um you know obviously not in big groups or anything well i think that's just trying to limit people's exposure 
Not everybody knows how to fish. Not everybody knows how to surf. So there's already a very limited group of people in one spot. We're in a, a very unfamiliar place and maybe we're starting to um, adapt to it a little bit, but everybody wants the freedom to hug people and, you know, welcome people and have get togethers and all the things that we always did before. And I'm hearing that um, the world as we know it is going to change in a way that maybe one day we might all be wearing um, temperature watches or that we won't be able to go to the grocery store and purchase food, um, you know, that it could be a, a part of, you know, qualifying for a job that you have to prove that you've been vaccinated or that you've, you know, that you're doing this every year, whatever the, whatever the guidelines will be for that. Are you open to something like that? And I don't mean open, like accepting of it, although I will ask that question. Are you, are you in your mind, are you open to, to seeing into the future like that a little bit, that there could be some really big changes about how we go about our day and some of our freedoms and choices being taken away if we want to live um, a healthy existence and to be able to, to, to have a normal life, like to go to the grocery store and to go to school and to go to work? Well, I can certainly see it happening. I mean, just to hear some of the, not predictions, but the speculations of some of these people, um, you know, that it'll never be safe again, they're saying. And, um, and the tracking, I mean, already Google and Apple have already coordinated and cooperated on the tracking software. They say it's anonymous, but, you know, how could you believe them when they say it's, they, they have tracking software where they'll alert you. Your phone will, you know, who's been infected from the vast database of medical data. And if you come within six feet of someone who's, been infected an alarm goes off alarm goes off in your phone to tell you to back off but the alarm goes off somewhere at some office with a bunch of geeks watching you know watching over you and then maybe you go too close to a person who's been infected and next thing you know there's a peace officer coming up and saying hey what are you doing you know i i could imagine anything there's nothing is beyond imagination because yeah there's a totalitarian streak in many politicians who believe that government is the ultimate caretaker we did a, we've done a bunch of weird stuff i mean there is an executive order that says all government buildings have to be neoclassical architecture now that we can't have architects design government buildings i mean like what is the point of that where did you read that oh it's all over architecture news wow. Before I lost my job, I was promoting it on social media as much as I possibly could because the AIA, uh, Architect International Association, was sharing petitions for people to say, like, we're losing the right to, like, wow. have, like, freedom of design of government buildings. Like, I mean, that's bizarre to me. Like, where is there even, like, a need or a purpose in regulating something like that? I mean, there was a, a professor at Harvard was alarmed about currently it's dangerous because all these people are homeschooling their children and this is dangerous. The fact that parents are not the ultimate authority on how to raise a child is, is very high in, in, in many people's minds. They believe the state could do that and watch over you. 
I mean, it happened in, in Soviet Union and East Germany, and, you know, we never dreamed we'd have an actual communist running for president, you know, trying to get the nomination. But things have changed in the U.S. a great deal. And, um, you know, and, and also in this period, this has been a health emergency, and suddenly it's been sort of like a beta testing experience. The government has seen how readily everyone accepts these limitations. I mean, in some states, fortunately, we don't have a federal government that made it nationwide, but some governors have made really stringent restrictions and extending them far beyond what medicine and the data would, would imply is necessary. Well, there's a lot of imbalances in the world, and some of these imbalances are not very fair or make sense. Even though we claim to be a democracy, it doesn't always feel like that. I think that it is best to be forward and straight with a person, especially when it comes down to politics, and being honest and... Because not even people that are in the government that have power, they don't know everything. They don't know every answer. And I don't think it's... Well, they're human, but right, they're I think, human. I'm, think, I'm asking you the question is, what do you think about censorship in the United States of America? Uh, I'm not a fan. I don't think we should be censored. Censoring is, will get you where? <laughs> where we can't say what we want to say on television. We don't really have uh, the right to speak freely. If you had um, a platform to to say one thing to everyone on the planet, what would it be, you first? To everyone on the planet, I would say, hold on, this too shall pass, and we will be all together as we're doing it alone together. We'll be all together together soon. I'd like to like, tell the youth to wake up, because nobody's gonna give you no handouts, you know what I'm saying? You gotta go out there and get it, especially if you're a minority. Concerning the pandemic? Or? Concerning anything. If you could just put one thing out there, what one would it be? One thing out there, okay. Uh, given our experience, all of us around the world, how things can change literally overnight, uh, I always believe in this, but now it makes it even more important is, you know, don't wait. Just do what you want to do, uh, because tomorrow, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring you, or in our case, a pandemic. You know, we are um, going to be like a different nation coming out of this, hopefully a different world, hopefully a little for better. Whether this virus came from a wet market or a lab, whether you wipe down your groceries or lick your FedEx packages, whether you were right, left, or centered, whether you believe the government is trying to control us, whether you wear the mask or scream in the face of chaos, the one thing we have in common is none of us really know what the hell is going on. But eventually it will reveal itself and until then we should remember the words of Dr. Rex Saunders from episode one. But before I cut to that, I want to say a few things. I'm a fan of the mask. I'm not asking for its autograph. I don't particularly like wearing it. But I don't think wearing one makes me a non-believer as it relates to our freedoms in this country. When H1N1 showed up in 1918, they resorted to social distancing and they all wore masks. 
They had to. They didn't have a vaccine either. They also didn't have all the advances we have today in medicine or 24-hour news coverage on why the left or right, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, if we relied on herd immunity alone, it's possible millions more would die. I should mention I'm a fan of herd immunity, but we need some help. Like Robert Luther 267 said, it may work on some and it might not work on others. Sure, that's probably true. But if it works on some, that still gives us the advantage. I also believe this virus came from a wet market, but I wouldn't be surprised if it accidentally made its way out of a research lab. It's totally possible. Anything's possible. But I choose to believe it didn't escape a lab due to human error. There's no proof of that. And yes, I agree we should be making our own shit here in the United States of America instead of relying on other countries to bail us out. What if someday they decide not to? Like they just up and say no. Also, it's just good sense to keep your first aid kit in your own medicine cabinet, right? And no, I don't think this is a corporate takeover, but I do think the corporate world is and will continue to take advantage of this crisis, leaving many without jobs to return to. I mean, it is the perfect cover to start automating things, or I should say more things. It's been happening for years. Almost done, hold on. I don't agree with all the viewpoints we heard, but that doesn't mean I don't respect and value the voices in this episode. For me, the best thing about being an American is that I can believe in and say what I want, and so can you. It's important to have different perspectives, and it's even more important to be able to hear those different perspectives. It's proof we're not turning into a country like North Korea where everything you say and do is monitored. Having said all that, I realize I might sound naive to some. I'm not. My eyes are open and I understand some very thin lines are being drawn. And maybe more than ever, we are not just divided, we are fragmented into endless subgroups of power, conspiracy theorists, sleepwalkers, do-gooders, and just the very confused. But this virus doesn't care about our feelings, our jobs, or our politics, we know that. If we let the powers that be, and just to be clear, I'm talking about our government and the media, if we let them know we won't allow them to use this crisis as a way to manipulate us, well, that's its own revolution. As promised, here's Dr. Rex Saunders. I think that we are, we are fundamentally talking about a crisis in progress, and the amount of solid information we have on this right now is varied, it's variable, and this too creates a chaotic state. Um, on one hand, we have people who are, you know, the end is coming. And on the other end of it, you say, well, this is just a big hoax. You know, there's nothing going on here. And I, I have found, generally speaking, just as a rule of thumb, if you look at a situation that is indeterminate and potentially chaotic, you get the... Uh, the best case scenario and you get the worst case scenario and you add them up and divide by two and you add one for positive outcomes. If you have an idea or a story you want to share with our listeners, you can send it to ideas at 1228podcast.com. Thanks for listening. Toodles. Toodles.